Words are eternal. They tell me that if we had the right type of equipment, we could go to the wall of the church here and go back and listen to everything that was done even during construction of the church because the words are alive and penetrating in there. We don't give value to words. We use words like a little kid would use a loaded shotgun. We point it, pull the trigger, not understanding the devastation that follows the foolishness of it. A lot of times we're upset. And we husbands can relate to this because most arguments we lose, the only ones we win is the ones that they give up early on. But because they can outthink us and because they can outmaneuver us and because they have a repertoire of information that they've never forgotten. <laughs> we don't do well in an argument. And when we start losing ground, we resort to the only thing we have left, and that's harsh words. Because what we want to do is shut this thing down and we haven't got the strength of courage here just to walk away. I mean, we've got to do something to save face. Anything. Now, some of you women are laughing. I think you may have experienced this. But we say something on the spur of the moment in the heat of the argument that's everlasting. The thing is about, it, about words is that words are never forgotten. They can be forgiven. Come on, are you with me? But they're never forgotten. Words are eternal in you and are operating right now to what was said when you were a child. It's causing you to respond the way you're responding today. And you have an enemy that comes along and when there's something that is similar to what the situation was when you were a little kid. He hits that button and you go, oh, and you pattern every time the exact same way. One of the challenges that we don't understand is a child, the first six years of his life, learns 50% of everything it's going to learn in its entire life. If you shape that child with the proper words, he will have a proper growth in life. See, he won't remember anything you said except the fact that he wasn't received, wasn't accepted, he wasn't loved, he wasn't appreciated. He was just a dumb little kid that was in mom and daddy's way. Come on, are you with me? They never grow out of that. Come on, are you with me? Anybody here relate to that? We never grow past that, we just get older. And so we go through our life trying to correct what was done back here. Now the Holy Spirit is gracious because he is eternal. He, he, he lives outside of time. So when you live outside of time, you can go back as well as forward because there's neither back nor forward, there just is. Come on. So when he looks at you, he sees you as a little child, he sees you as an old person. Simultaneously. 
And when we open ourselves up for the correction of the Holy Spirit, generally through someone else's understanding, he can go back into the little child's life. Come on, are you with me here? And correct what was damaging or the fact that they were abused or crushed. He can go back and he can change it. And how many of you worked with a spreadsheet? Ever change one variable and what happens to all the variables on that line? All the variables change. So when he changes something, he goes back into your life and he changes something back here. Your whole life goes kind of like this. And it brings you up to date here. Where no longer will you respond to what you had back there. Mm. That's my God. Show me your Buddha. Show, show me your Muhammad. Okay. Oh, I'm getting off the subject here. Sheesh. Here's what concerns me. This, this hit me about a year ago. And I got to say, in many respects, it's altered my life because it's caused me to be very cautious about what comes out of this. If I were German, I'd call it my booyah. I am, you are, a spirit-filled, word-believing, mighty man and woman of God, full of the Holy Ghost and power. When Jesus Christ came into your life, you were automatically, through adoption, brought into his family. And I don't know about you, but I act an awful lot like my dad. Matter of fact, my kids, as I'm going older, say, I see dad in you so much anymore. My dad. Because why? I'm a son. So that means we take on the characteristics and we take on the attributes of our daddy. Not only that, we got a big brother who has all authority. Say all. How much is left for anybody else? How much does the enemy have? Why do you give him any opportunity to exercise what little authority he has? Oh, no, I, I, no I'm meddling again. I, I do that from time to time. But if we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and if our daddy spoke everything that has been created by using his word, all authority was given to Jesus, all authority Jesus has has been given to us, could it be? Now, again, I can't say it is. I just say, could it be that what comes out of our mouth has the ability to create as powerfully as my daddy's? Let's take it on the flip side. How bad could the issue be if it's to the negative side. You see, we're not just 
once we're sinners, our words were, were, were no, no, no different. I mean, they, they, they did cause a lot of problems and such. I don't think they had the power that it does when you become a son or daughter of the Most High God. Because if you speak harshly to me, you speak into my spirit, man. Immediately, it goes into my spirit. Unless I catch that puppy out here and grind it up before it has opportunity to manifest. The power of words. I'm going to teach you a new word today, too. Now, if you've been around here, when I was pastoring here, you heard it. The word's called congruent. How many of you took geometry? <laughs> you did. What, what, do, what are two congruent triangles? You don't know. Oh. Equal to or similar, like, similar in likeness. Okay, equal to or similar in likeness. Okay. Two isosceles triangle or what? Congruent. Okay. <laughs> the psalmist said, Psalms 19, let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. What's he saying? He said, Lord, I realize I got a problem. I have a congruency issue. Because what's in my mouth and what's in my heart are two different things. Because the scripture also says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, if you want to find out what's in a man's heart, get him drunk or get him mad. Is that too practical? I worked for AT&T, Pac Bell and AT&T. When they were putting a man into, into a management position, they'd take him out and get him, get him really messed up. Because they got him drunk enough, they'd find out the character of the man. You with me? Why? Because the barrier of, of the false you is destroyed, is numbed, and they can't respond, so what's in their heart and who the real person is comes out. Oh, that gets, that gets kind of heavy. What's in your heart? I'll just leave it hanging there. Matthew 20, 12, 34 through 37. So how come you're not using your iPad? I don't know. I just got back to using paper. Sometimes it's a little easier than sitting going, trying to figure out where I'm at. Matthew 24, 34, Matthew 12, 34, 37. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth what things? Good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth, guess what? Evil things. But I say to you that every idle word 
man may speak will give an account for it on the day of judgment. Oh boy. What's an idle word? Anything that doesn't have life or anything that doesn't have faith. Now understand, God has forever when you stand before him. Now this isn't the, the, the white throne judgment. Those are for the, for the bad guys, for the unredeemed. This is the beam of judgment where we go to, to receive our gold, silver, and precious stones, our crown, and whatever else, you know, we, when, you, when we get our attaboys from the Father. But before we get the attaboys, there's going to be a little test. And the test is the idle words. Another place he talks about idle deeds. How'd you spend your time? For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Can I tell you something, people? That's very active in life. That's a, that's a basic spiritual principle. Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses to you today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, now he gives you a clue. Are you ready for the clue? You say, well, why does he give us a clue? Because we're negatively wired. You don't get it. Most of your life you've chosen cursings based on the words and the expectations you've had in life. You say things like this, nothing ever good ever happens to me. Got news for you, nothing ever good will ever happen to you with that attitude. Why? Because with your words, you're nullifying anything that might come your way. Immediately, God shuts it off. Bam. Many of you are waiting for a financial breakthrough and you're going to say, I don't know if we're ever going to make it. It's not if you're going to make it, it's when you're going to make it. Nothing ever came to stay. It came to pass. It's like gas. (laughs) You get the picture. Okay, nothing's ever going to last. It just feels like it's going to be forever. It isn't. It's temporary. He gives you a clue here. He said, choose life that you and your seed or you and your descendants may live. Now I'm going to hit you with a hammer. Is it? Have I hit you with one yet? Okay, that's good. That both you, now I'm not concerned about you, but you and, say and, your descendants may live. That they may have life and have it how? No, 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 more abundantly. God is never an abundant God. He's a more than an abundant God. Okay? His highest delight is to bless you, not curse you. 
So what he's asking us here, he said, would you just walk in agreement with me and not choose cursing? Ah, you're looking at me like a dog looking at a new gate. Let me go through this again. Say, what am I doing? The things that I express are the things I get. My life, my whole lifestyle has been predicated on what came out of my mouth, not circumstances that were around me. I develop my own circumstances with my mouth. Okay. I had to come to a place, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church where they thought God hated everybody. And they basically taught, you know, if, if you sin, God's got a big stick up there, man, he's going to slap you alongside the head. Oh, I mean, he's a big, mean, ugly guy. I didn't know God loved me. No one ever told me except the little song, Jesus, I knew Jesus loved me, but I didn't know the Father loved me. Are you with me? Matter of fact, they took poverty and they almost, almost held it up as a, an, an award. The poorer you were, the more blessed you were. How many of you have been poor? I was homeless. I had a wife and a baby, no food, no house. Guess what? I wasn't holy. I didn't feel blessed. Matter of fact, if you want to know, I kind of felt a little panicky. It caused for creative thinking to immediately take over. <laughs> okay? I, it took me many years to realize I'm blessed and not cursed. So I, I tell people I'm blessed. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed. Deuteronomy 28, I've read that thing so many times I can almost quote it backwards. Verse 17, verse... Verse says, I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out, I'm blessed no matter what I do. In my basket, in my fields, in my meat, in my animals, my, it doesn't matter. Anything, twice in that thing, in that, in that chapter, twice, in the first 17 verses, twice, he said, whatever my hand finds to do will be blessed. Now, this is hell versionism, okay? That means even my mistakes are blessed. Now, you say, I don't believe that. You know, most of the stuff that we have were designed out of mistakes, that something else they were building? Yeah. Much, much of the different things. You know, they're trying to build one thing, and they didn't find it, so they found something else that was far better, far greater. <laughs> Made a whole lot more money than the other stuff. I tell people, I'm blessed. I don't care. I don't care how you throw me. I land on my feet. I win. Knock me down, I get back up. You knock me down, I get back up. I'm like one of these sand-filled toys. You know, you knock them, boom, right back in, right back in your face. And you're back in. Go ahead, knock me down, sucker. But one day, you're going to drop your guard, and I'm going to take you down. <laughs> and I'm going to get up enough times. One of these times, I'm going to find it. You know, I, I, I found, no, I'm not, there's no reason to go into that, no. I found out when I was boxing that people have habits. And they, they got little, little idiosyncrasies they'll do, and if you watch them, you can, you, can, you, can, you can capitalize on it. So if you saw, you know, all of a sudden they, they would jab a certain way, they would drop their guard. But they're right-handed, and I'm left-handed. 
little cross over the top. It just can do wonders. Because I and I, I'll take the you know here, this 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 is spiritual warfare. Okay, I'll take the hit to take him down. Because I know it's going to hurt, but I'm not concerned about the hurt. I'm concerned about the win. Because I'm into win. I'm not into hit. I don't fight to fight. No, you didn't get that. I'm not exercising my fight. I'm there to take him down. I don't want to take him down. I want to do like David did. He said he beat his enemy into the dust. The sucker never got up again. When he does get up, I said, do you really want to do this again? We've been here. You've done that. And you weren't successful then. Do you think you're going to be more successful now? I'm smarter now than I was then. Words. Your life is shaped by words. Your future is shaped by words. I expect to be blessed. I expect to be healed. I don't care what my body's telling me. The word says I'm healed. I don't care what my body says. The, body, the word says by his, by his stripes, healing is mine. I don't care what the word says. He said he meet my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's my provider. I don't look at my circumstances. Do I ignore my circumstances? No, they're there. I mean, they're in bright, bright colors. They got a paid bills, and I got my unpaid bills, and I got more unpaid bills, and I got paid bills. That's reality. But that's not the end of the story. That's a momentary blip. Like one guy was talking, he would just, he would, oh, bless his heart, he was just really suffering. And I said, let me ask you a question. Oh, no, it wasn't that, it was a lady. As a matter of fact, he's standing right back there in front of the chairs. And she was just, she said, I'm, I'm in this horrible financial situation. I said, would $10,000 get you out of it? Oh, immediately. And I said, good, let's ask God for $10,000. And I did. She came back two weeks later and threw what, I don't know whatever the whole story was, but whoever, she got the $10,000. That's the way my daddy operates. He says, if you ask, you receive. I mean, how silly does, how much easier does that have to get? Our problem is we can't receive when we're not talking about receiving, we're talking about what isn't happening. Oh, our kids are going to go to hell. I don't know. No, they're not. Salvation came to your household. Remember in Acts 19, he said, today, salvation, he didn't say anybody in the house got saved except the old man. But he said, salvation, it's come to this household. Now, if you're lightning fast, you immediately said, ha ha, sucker. You're going down. My family's coming in. I may not be around to see it, but we'll join hands around the throne one day. Praise God. Father, I thank you that you're bringing spirit-filled, word-believing men and women of God, full of the Holy Ghost and power, in the presence of my grandchildren and my children, those that I love, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law. 
Father, we thank you that you're touching their heart, you're softening their heart, that they might receive the word, and the right person says the right thing to bring them into the throne room. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you hear my prayer. And then, you know what? I sleep like a baby at night because it's not my problem. Now, you don't understand here. Let me go a little deeper. You love him. You love your child. You love your mom and dad. You love your brother and sister, whatever it might be. Not, much, not as much as Jesus does. Not as much as the Holy Spirit does. If you love him, imagine how much more the Holy Spirit is striving for the spirit of that man or that woman. Now, if you come in harmony with this, with your words, come on, are you with me? Holy Spirit, I'm glad you're there. Holy Spirit, you know what's going to get to him. You know where his soft spots are. You know where her soft spots are. I thank you. Father, that blindness is coming down, and the glory of God is going to be manifested like never before ever in their life. <laughs> Come on. You see, we don't have to change the circumstances. We have to change the words to the circumstances. Okay? It took me 10 years to unlearn so I could relearn. Lenny, she had it made. She was just a Mormon. She knew nothing. (laughs) 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 She was like a sponge. Word says, two of you agree is touching anything, you'll have what you say. Matthew 18, 19. Two of you is touching anything. Now, this is dangerous, people. Because it'll work for you. It'll also work against you. Let the words of my mouth Meditation in my heart. How do I change what's in my heart? The word. You see, when you get healed, you get healed from the inside out, not the outside in. Healing doesn't come until the spirit man rises up with the voice of the Father. And it isn't the moment that you're healed, it's the moment that the reality is that you're healed and your body, over time, will conform to it. I, I, you, you've heard me tell the story, but <laughs> nah, I'm not going to tell it. But uh, it, was, it was a critical situation. And all of a sudden, I knew I was healed. I, I, I just knew I was healed. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. Kind of like you ladies when you found out you're pregnant. You, you couldn't identify it. You couldn't express it. You couldn't tell me what you're pregnant. What does it feel like? How do you know you're pregnant? Well, Dr. Centerbreaker. Yeah, but you don't, you're not, I don't see anything. But it's there. And so we rejoice. Oftentimes, healing is the same thing. 
Now, I've got to get my words aligned with what just happened here. I can, neg- I can negate what God just did, or I can work with concert with what God just did and see completion. Come on, are you with me? I, Helversonism, okay? I fully believe when you come up for prayer and someone prays healing over you, you were healed, but it didn't happen to be a miracle, so you negated it and you walked off and said, well, that didn't work. You're right, it didn't. You just shot yourself in the foot. I was laying there and I thought, I'm healed. I'm healed! I got up five minutes, sat in a bathrobe on a chair, hurt like crazy. Sweat, I had water running, I soaked, I had a, like a cherry cloth uh, robe, I soaked the sucker, five minutes. Went back to bed and I said, oh God, thank you for five minutes. <laughs> Was I healed? No, matter of fact, it got worse. I called the doctor. He said, it's bad. I said, how bad's bad? He said, well, Raj, he said, if you do something foolish, you could bleed to death in three minutes. I said, that sounds like it could be bad. If it wasn't healed, I'd really be concerned. <laughs> it took a week. <coughs> but I tell people I'm healed. They said, you don't look healed. You don't act healed. I said, no, nah, that had nothing to do with it. I'm pregnant. You don't look pregnant. <laughs> I didn't know you were pregnant. Doctor told me. How do you know you healed? The doctor told me. Doctor God. He said, "Hey, I paid for the price for your healing. Wouldn't it be more fun to be healed than to be sick?" It's already done. It's like somebody left $20 million in the bank and you wouldn't even write a check. You said, well, they may not cash the check. What will they think of me if I go in and ask them for some money? Yeah, but you've got money waiting for you. What do you care what they think? Yeah, but no, I'll just leave it there. Uh, no, you know, God's sovereign. We just can't take this thing by faith. In a pig's eye, the just shall live. In other words, you die without it. Wasn't that the antithesis? Yeah, my words. Ah, I got to tell you a little story, and I'm going to let you out, get you out of here earlier. You can beat the Baptist so lunch, isn't that exciting? <laughs> to show you the power of words. I was working, remember when Victor Christian Fellowship was over on Fowler Avenue, the tent church. I was the administrative pastor over there. And uh, I was getting stuff ready for Sunday and what everything on Saturday. And it's probably 9, 10 o'clock at night and I'm going 90 miles an hour. I am so tired, I can hardly breathe. I hadn't had a day off in weeks. And I'm sitting there saying, Lord, <clears throat> I finally just took a break and I sat down. I said, Lord, I don't understand. I said, other people can do things in eight hours and go home with a clear conscience. And I said, unless I spend 10 or 12 hours, I feel like I really haven't done a good job. 
So why can't I be normal? Why do I have to drive myself so relentlessly? And he showed me something. Showed me a little boy sitting on a doctor's examining table in his undies, Miles City, about nine, ten years old. The doctor just done an examination on me because when I was younger, I was driven the same way. I, I was about two years ahead of everybody else in school because my mother taught me to read, taught me my numbers, taught, taught me addition and everything before I went to school. She had a photographic mind. She figured everybody did. She, she, she wouldn't let me just memorize scriptures. I'd memorize the whole flipping chapter. I had to memorize poems from Frost and Longfellow. and many, These are her favorite. I mean, the whole flipping thing. Because she could read it. Have you ever read Hiawatha? Longfellow's poem Hiawatha. It's hundreds and some pages long. I mean, it's the longest poem ever written. The guy went, he wrote a story in a poem. On the banks of Kichigumi, by the mighty, I remember what, mighty sea, oh, mighty water, whatever it was, muddy waters, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I, when I was a kid, when I was sick, she'd go and read probably 15, 20 pages, and then with all the flair and drama, quote it word for word verbatim. And she thought, I had that. So she taught me, all this stuff in school. I go to school, and I'm behind the kid. I'm, of course, having nothing to do. Everybody knew my name. Principal knew my name. <laughs> People in the office knew my name. <laughs> all the teachers in the school knew my name. <laughs> of course, I found out when I went to school, and my name was only Roger, because when I was home, I had Roger. Roger! And I thought, Roger, Roger. Uh, but I'm sitting on this little table in Mondays, and the doctor is saying, if Roger doesn't slow down, just take it a little easier, right near the duodenal area of the top of the stomach, he said he's developing a little sore, and that could work into an ulcer. Well, back then, they didn't know how to deal with ulcers. They just kept pumping you full of blood and hope you live. And uh, see, the thing that happened is the year before my daddy, my granddaddy died of ulcers. But the year before that, he came to visit. And while he was visiting us, the ulcers ruptured. And they had to rush him to the hospital, and he was bleeding out so badly, they had to put literally the blood into his heart to keep him alive. And the next year, he died of ulcers. Guess what the doctor gave me when she said Roger could be developing an ulcer. It's a death sentence. Now, she didn't say it because she's mean. She had no idea of my history. My family never thought about the fact of the power of the word of the fact that he has ulcers. It could turn into ulcers. Ulcers means death. I shut down. For the next 13, 14 years, I was a straight D-minus student. The only reason they gave me a D-minus over an F is because I showed up every day. I could not excel. I wanted to excel. 
I really did. I couldn't. I self-aborted any opportunity I had to accept. Until I got married, and when I got married, I now have a responsibility for a wife and children. So what do I do? I do just the, just the opposite. <laughs> I go back into my overdrive. 90 miles an hour, and I think, God, what happened? He said, what did the lady tell you when you're sitting on the gurney? He said, all you did is when you made the turn, you didn't make a normal turn, you made an overcompensating turn. He said, now you're trying to compensate for all the report cards that said, Roger is so capable about doing so much more, but you don't know what, why, he's, why, why he won't do better. He said, all those report cards are playing in your head. Come on, are you with me? And so he said, you've got to work harder to overcome that. You've got to work harder to overcompensate for that. I would like to say I have total victory over that. Since I've retired, it's a little easier. I found out I got all day tomorrow if I don't get it done today. That was a major breakthrough in my heart. I, I never had that happen because I always had everything on test time, time schedules. You had to get it done, no matter if you had to work at midnight. I remember I was out there sweating and working. I was just pooed. And Lenny said, what are you doing? I said, i got to finish this. He said, why? We've got all day tomorrow. Oh, I said, oh, cool. Yeah, I can do that. So I have modified it, but I still find myself, I have to ask myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Come on, are you with me? I say, have you shut the voices down? Yes, yeah. I don't feel I have to compensate for my poor, <laughs> poor operation. I've, I've got success. I look back and said, yeah, I've done pretty well here and here and here and here and here. And they never fired me from Church of Living Water, so that's, that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> Just the power. He could have ulcers if he doesn't change his style. I changed my lifestyle. <sighs> Mom, bribe, Mom and Dad bribed me threatened me, spanked me. This is back when applied psychology was not something that they did with words. They did it with a belt. Mother, mother had a wooden spoon. Dear God, that sucker hurt. Because <laughs> oh. you, you never on the pants. The pants came down. It's on the full moon. Pwop! <laughs> Sheesh! You have a choice. You can take God's word at its promise, or you can continue doing what you're doing. How's it working for you? Kind of the things that we're hearing lately is if you want different results, let's try doing something different. How about guarding your mouth with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life? Say, yeah, but. No, there's no yeah, buts. You say, yeah, but. I have a tendency to get angry. Don't get angry. Anger. Hey, do you realize anger is a decision? My anger is not as great as my sex drive, but I can control my sex drive, but I can't control my anger? Come on. That doesn't make sense. I get angry because I enjoy being angry. It's control. 
if I can scare the pants off you, you leave me alone. I, I, I was very good at it when I was a kid. That and being a real nasty mouth, not a nasty mouth, but being harsh words. I just, you want to get into a battle of, of, of words with me? Oh, we'd have fun. Who can put each other down the, the hardest? I had to learn not to do that. I had to learn to speak life and not death. And the thing was nice, again, these things came fairly easy for Lenny because she didn't have to unlearn. I had to learn. So I make some stupid statement, and Lenny says, okay, shall, we go, shall I agree with you on that thing? We can set that thing into a spiritual principle. And I thought, no, no, shut up, woman. <laughs> can you imagine me telling her to do that? Oh, God. I'd have my glasses clear on the backside of my head. <laughs> oh. I've learned I had that the Bible talks more about gracious words, soft words. A soft word, word turns away wrath. If somebody can't get you mad, they can't win. You, you, you see, in an argument, the guy who gets mad loses. Dad taught me that in a fight when I was a kid. He said, hey, he said, don't make it personal. You make it personal, you get angry. If you get angry, you'll, you'll, do, you'll do stupid, and, you, and the kid will take you. S stay relevant. Stay focused. Why can't we do that in life? Either the word is true or it's not. You're going to have to deal with that, number one. Either God was lying, and he just came up with a whole bunch of good suggestions, or what he says is true. If what he says is true, then I... If I align myself with my dad, wouldn't it be cool to see what would happen as a body of Christ? Yeah. Someone told me one time, they said, came in the church here, and they, there were some seats about like this. It was an early service. And they said, you don't have any people here. And I said, oh, the place is full. I said, no, it's not. I said, yeah, it is. He said, Rod, you got eyes. I can see empty chairs. He said, no, you can't. I said, you, you, what you're seeing, you, you're not seeing in the right dimension. I said, the angels come and fill up the empty chairs. I always preach to a full house. Okay. Again, is your glass half empty or half full? I win. Say it with me. I win. No matter what, if I align myself with my daddy and I say what he says, I win every time, every time, every time, every time. Yeah. You see, what I pray for you is spirit for a spirit for a will-believing man of God full of the Holy Ghost and power. You're going to come in and sweep you off your feet. Oh, dear Jesus. It's going to be a time. He's going to give you a tussle. He has to, because you've got to be smarter than you, and you're awfully smart. <laughs> yeah. Fun? Yeah, you're going to have fun. Problems? Up the ears. <laughs> but no problems, no joy, no success. Come on, if I can't, if I never get in a fight, I never know what it likes to win. Come on, are you with me? I've talked to guys that have never had a fight. They said, you've never had a fight? You know that you neither know the joy of victory or the gut-wrenching feeling of defeat. 
Have I lost? Yes. But that didn't stop me. Hi, guys. I'm back. Hello, sucker. Get off my money. Get off my finances. Get off my kids. Get off my boss's back. He's a good man. He's a good woman. She's a good woman. It's just the spirit that's driving her. Father, help me to love her. Go after the enemy. You with me? Yeah. Yeah, you see, Leroy, you're right where you're supposed to be because you're on assignment. There's something, there's a void there that only you can fill. And you're going to take gas like crazy until the opportunity comes, and when it does, it's going to be an explosion. Amen? Yeah. yeah. Nothing, God doesn't waste resources. Where you're at, where you live. I tell you this every time I get together because I, I want you never to forget it. Where you live is not where you chose. That's where God put you because the steps of a good person are ordered of the Lord. Come on, how, long, how much does it take you to understand that? So if you're there, you're there for a purpose. Come on. There's somebody in the neighborhood who's looking for you, but you're not looking for them because you're all tied up in everything else around you except what God's doing in your life. What's wrong with your arm? Why? <laughs> Stupid goat. Get over here. Come over here. You don't have time for that. Come on out here. Father, we speak to this arm. We curse the assignment of hell that come against it, and we curse the tearing and the ripping that's happened inside here we call for a total restoration of the ligaments and the muscles right here right now in jesus name there's a lot of that stuff she's got to get done this is a prime time of the year she doesn't have time for this mess so we speak healing and wholeness and restoration to the arm now in jesus name And when you take that thing off tonight, I want you to talk to it. You're going to say this. If it isn't, I, I, I'm full of all, you're, you're going to recognize there's, there's healing started. The second part of it, you're going to say, cut it out, sucker. I need you. Get moving. And, and then you muscle through it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Many of you know Tom Tiemann. the first time I ever sat in his ministry. I had pulled a muscle across the top of my shoulder. And, uh, you know, I just picking up your arm like this, you know, ah. You know, and he said, somebody in here has kind of got a shoulder problem across the top of the shoulder, whatever it is. And I was, of course, the only one there, so I, I mean, the only one that had it. So he called me up. And he prayed over me, and he says, oh, God, just restore the arm. And he's going like this with both my arms. About the third time up, I thought I was going to have to hit the man and let him go in my arm. Oh, horrors did it hurt. Wow. I thought, if I get the other arm free, I'm going to hit him. I'm going to take him down. <laughs> but the fourth time he did it, it didn't hurt. I learned something in it. I talked to my body. 
You see, at my age, it's amazing what hurts and what doesn't. Watch it. I've been laying floor for my son. You've probably seen it on Facebook. I've been helping him. My job is to cut all the little pieces and fit, do all the fitting around the door frames and such like that, which means I get up and down many times. For me, getting down is not a problem. I just drop like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> getting up is like lifting up a body on top of me. <laughs> Finally, I got a little three-foot, three little three-step stool, and I kind of, kind of pony up the thing. About the second morning I got up, I realized there's parts of me that didn't hurt. But the only part was my mouth and my eyes. <laughs> I once scratched my head and my hand wouldn't close. Uh -oh. <laughs> I got one or two choices. I can go back to bed or I can talk to my body. Go on, you with me? Come on, you lazy sucker, you out of shape, miserable piece of cursed dirt. Get back in shape here. Come on, here we go. We got work to do. We got floors to lay. We got stuff to take care of. I got a deck I'm tearing apart at home. I'm bending over. Isn't too bad bending over is when you stand back up if you can. So what do I do? I look for a post. Oh, yeah, there's a post. Yeah, praise God for posts. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I got four million screws on the deck I got to take out. But I've talked to my body. Come on, body. Come on, body. I know it hurts. We're doing this. We'll get back to shape. When I get done with this, I'm going to go back to the gym and I'm going to do one of these every morning things. Because I've been out of shape, but not like this. And I find out as you get older, you get out of shape faster. Okay, so can I pick stuff off, off the floor? Yeah, but I kind of check and make sure there's several of the things I can do as long as I'm down there because it <laughs> can take a little bit of time to get back up. <laughs> okay, but again, I talk to my body. My body doesn't control me, I control my body. My body's cursed. Come on, you've got to understand. This sucker's going to be glorified one day, but until it is, it's going to be dirt. Treat it like dirt. Okay, body, we're going to lose weight. You know, I don't like to lose weight. I like to eat. Yeah, you know what I like to eat? Yeah, you got it. All the stuff that I shouldn't. I like bread. Oh. Lenny, let me have three or four pieces of toast, maybe French toast for breakfast. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a discipline. And I get out of discipline, and I get, I, I, then I start beating myself up, and that's not it at all. I have to go back and say, okay, Raj, you, you just you lost your discipline. Get back in, in, in shape. And you can do it. You can do it with your mouth. God calls you to where you're at to bless you, to fulfill you, to strengthen you, to cause you to succeed, that whatsoever your hand finds to do will be blessed. Going in, coming out, going up, going down, it doesn't matter. 
He wants to show you off to a lost and dying world.